Psalm 33 this morning. How many of you want to hear the Word of God this morning? Hallelujah. God is in the house. Even if you don't feel Him, He's still in the house. Amen? Hallelujah. Psalm 33, 18 through 22, I want to look at. It says this, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him or reverence Him, on those who hope in His mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Hallelujah. Today I want to share with you some things that God is looking for in an individual. In particular, in a Christian. Alright? You know, when an owner of a company is searching for uh, an employee, for a worker, there are certain qualifications and characteristics that he or she is looking for so that they can fill a position in the company. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Alright? Well, the owner of the universe, God, has certain qualifications that we must meet if we want to be used by Him. How many of you want to be used by God? Amen. See, there are some things that will qualify you to be used by Him, and there are some things that will disqualify you from being used by Him. Now, keep in mind, I'm only going to give you a few points today, but I believe, you know, Hey, it didn't take the Holy Spirit by surprise who was going to be in this building today. It didn't take the Holy Spirit by surprise who's watching around the world on the internet right now. Or who picked up this CD at the gas station. Or who's listening on the internet. So, I believe this message is tailor-made just for you and me. Amen? Isn't the Holy Ghost awesome? So, what kind of characteristics is God looking for in a Christian? How many of you are interested in hearing this? Now, but, but beyond that, how many of you are, are, are willing to make changes in your life to line up with the will of God? See, that's the key right there. All right. So today I've entitled this message, God is looking for a person. God is looking for a person. Number one, God is looking for a Christian that will fulfill his planned agenda. You know, you just don't get hired on at a company and go in and do whatever you want, do you? You listen to the boss's agenda. You carry out the boss's, come on, vision. Amen? Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. There's too many people trying to do their own thing. It's, try, it's time to pick up a new God's thing. Amen? Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. The King James says an expected end. To give you an expected end. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me. And find me when you search for me with all your heart. 
So, like I said, the New King James here says future and a hope. God has given us a future and a hope. But the King James, I like it a little bit better. It says, I've given you an expected. And say expected. You see, God has a divine plan and divine appointments for every person on this earth. I don't know if you knew that or not. But he has a divine plan for every person, whoever was, whoever is, and whoever will be on the face of this planet earth. But it's not automatic. Because it is possible for a person to walk out of the will of God for their life. And God is seeking a person whose heart is willing to fulfill his agenda. His, come on, expected end. His future. His hope for your life. See, like I said, there are enough selfish and prideful people on this earth. Come on, yay, even in the body of Christ. But God is searching for that humble person. And the word humble simply means this. Take up the will of God and fulfill it. Do the word of God. Do the will of God for your life. A prideful person is someone who's doing their own agenda. All right? Not good. Isaiah 119 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I see new faces here. The, the, the willingness deals with a person's attitude. Obedient deals with the actions. How many of you know you can be obedient, you can do the right thing, but your attitude just stinks? Right? So God wants both. He wants us to be willing and obedient. I, I will not never forget, I read a book, one of Kenneth Hagin's books. He even said it in one of our classes when, when he was alive and, and I was at Ramah. He said, I was doing something for the Lord, and I, and I just wasn't being blessed. I mean, you know, it's like there's a brass uh, heaven over me. There's a ceiling. And I said, Lord, I'm doing what you want me to do. What is the issue here? He said, oh, yeah, you're obedient, but you're not willing. Your attitude stinks. And I think attitude is one of the biggest things that hinders us as Christians from really receiving the blessings of God. Do you agree with that? Our heart attitude must be right. Or it simply becomes a dead work or an unfruitful work for God. See, God's agenda is filled with great plans for you. God's plan is the best plan. I know that sounds cliche, but it is the absolute truth. Here's the deal. If it's not God's plan, it's either the flesh or the devil's plan. That's it. There's three options right there. It's either God's plan for your life, it's either or or the flesh. Well, I guess you could combine the flesh and the devil because the devil loves when we give in to the flesh, doesn't he? For that's how the devil operates through our flesh, the fleshly sinful nature desires. And the devil loves nothing more than to thwart each of us off course from God's agenda for our life. God's expected end, expected hope for our life. I want you to notice in Jeremiah 29, 11, it said that God desires, he desires to give us a future and a hope. He does, an expected end. How do we line ourselves up with God's expected end, his future and hope? How do we line up with it? Look at verses 12 through 13, it tells us here. Let's look at it again. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. 
and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When we seek God in prayer with our whole heart. Say whole heart. I said seeking God in prayer with our whole heart. An undivided, undivided heart. Say undivided. Oh, this is key. Did you ever notice that we can throw up prayers to God and we're not focused on the Lord at all? We're just throwing up empty words. That's a divided heart. But God says, when you seek me with your whole heart, when you're totally focused on me. See, listen. God is a jealous God. How many of you knew that? He's jealous for your time. He's jealous for your heart. And it's when we open that line of communication with God with our whole heart. That's when he starts to reveal his future and hope to us. His plan for our life. It's when we have that divided heart. Come on. When we have that divided heart, that's when we separate that telephone wire to God. You want to know why? Because when we have a divided heart, you know what we've just done? We've made idols in our life. We have began to worship other things except for God. And God says, this is unacceptable. I, maybe someone watch me or, or listening to me around the world. It's even possible to worship the ministry. The work of the ministry. Any, any minister will tell you that. That is so easy. I mean, you can get into the work of the ministry, but your heart is divided. And that is the danger. That is a very important... I mean, whoa, red light, hello. But, so we need to have our whole heart focusing on the Lord. But again, we must be willing and obedient to live out the plan of God for our life. Amen? Next, God is looking for a Christian... That will develop his character and live a holy life apart, set apart from fleshly and worldly desires. Go to Galatians. Hallelujah. Uh, you know what? Is it just me? Someone be honest with me in here. Does it feel like there's a wet blanket in the place this morning? How many of you feel that in here? You feel just a, it's like, hello, wake up, people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so right now, we co I come against the spirit of heaviness in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. Every evil and unclean spirit that's trying to come against the people of God, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes you just got to take authority over the enemy. Man, oh man, I mean, sometimes you wish as a pastor you had some of those things that you just, oh, come on, clear, boom, oh yeah, there it is. Are you hearing me? All right, all right. A little laughter's good. Oh, whoo. Getting a little tight in here, I'll tell you. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Clear. All right. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 19 through 26. Let's look at this here. Talking about things that can qualify a person to be used by God. Or disqualify a person to be used by God. Look at this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. 
you notice that? The works of the flesh are evident. It's evident. This is no-brainer, the Bible's saying. Which are these? Adultery, which can be committed without the physical act, by the way. Fornication, sex outside of marriage. Uncleanness, uh, homosexuality, all these things. Lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness revelries and the like of which i tell you beforehand just as i also told you in time past that those who practice who make a lifestyle of who aren't convicted of and stop and repent will not inherit the kingdom of god that's pretty strong isn't it now listen to this the fruit of the spirit here shouting material here but the fruit of the spirit is love Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, or if you're born again, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's live a holy life. Let's do what's right. Amen? That's what it's saying. Let us not become conceited or prideful, provoking one another, envying one another. All right. Now, it's when we as Christians develop and allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow and mature on the inside of us, that's when we'll make the biggest impact in the world around us. But listen, that change has to take place in here. Say character. It's got to take place here. And that's when we're, when a change takes place on the inside with the fruit of the Spirit, that's when you're going to make the biggest impact on the outside. All right? Because, listen, many Christians have done much damage in the body of Christ because of their lack of the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you ever been hurt by someone? We all have. Amen? And that has, has done a lot of damage. So we got to be very careful and to be used by God to its fullest degree. God says you got to develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Or else you're going you're gonna to light more fires than do good. Right? All right. That's good, good preaching right there. But anyways, listen. Here we go. Next. God is looking for a Christian that is committed to him and his kingdom and here it is right here. No matter the cost. Say no matter the cost. No matter the cost. Go to 2 Chronicles 16. This is becoming a rarity in the body of Christ. I'm telling you right now. The Bible says in the last days there's, there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. Friends, we're seeing it. We're seeing it right now. Listen to this, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is, here it is, loyal to him. That's all I want to go into. The next sentence has to do with the context of the verse and in the storyline of what was happening. But God is looking... For Christians that are loyal and committed to Him. Commitment has become a dirty word in the body of Christ for some. 
And the eyes of God are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. But listen, when God finds a loyal and faithful Christian, it causes his eyes to stop on that one individual. Think about that. How many of you want to stop the eyes of God and say, here I am, Lord? Well, it's going to take loyalty. It's going to take commitment to him and his kingdom, no matter the cost. And it's that, at that point that he pours his blessing upon you and manifests himself in a greater way. Look at Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. This is powerful. Hallelujah. says this i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me or through me in other words when people see us live they should say that's what jesus would have done in that situation and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith in the son of god because faith without works is dead james says who loved me and gave himself me listen the moment that we became christians by making jesus christ the lord of our life we entered into a covenant say covenant we entered into a covenant with god through the shed blood of the lord jesus christ and listen to me what's so important about that a covenant in a covenant both parties give everything they have to each other it's not a one-way deal it's not just some cheap commitment. Are you hearing me? It's just like a marriage. Marriage is a covenant. Are you hearing me? It's where two people come together. Everything he has is hers. Everything she has is his. Oh, by the way, there's no prenuptial, uh, prenuptial agreements in the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? No prenups in, in the, the kingdom of God. I'm sorry to tell you. A lot of Christians would like to think that. But it's not the case. And as Christians, we are expected to give up our own will and commit ourselves to God's will wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. And Jesus was a great example of that to us in his earthly ministry, was he not? He said, Father, if this cup can pass from me. But then he said a word that was just changed history for eternity. He said, nevertheless... Don't you love that word? Aren't you glad that Jesus said nevertheless? And then he said nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he went to the cross because of it. For the joy that was set before him. And we need to really plug in and commit to God and live a holy life. Why? For the joy that's set before us. There's joy in living a holy life. I didn't know, I don't know. I mean, there, there's some weird deception going around this earth that it's, that sin is happy and joyful and all that for a season. Are you hearing me? But true peace, true joy is found in living a holy life. And the fact is, if you're not living a holy life right now, you're miserable. And you're trying to fill the void with, with all these things. And, and it's just meaningless. Amen. Yes. Romans 12.1 says that we as Christians are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable 
reasonable service. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says that presenting our bodies to God wholeheartedly with full commitment to God. It's simply reasonable to do that. There's, there's no stretch of it. This is not a hard thing. This is reasonable. The giving of ourselves and everything we have to the will of God is reasonable in the light of the sacrifice that Jesus made for mankind. On the cross, saving us from an eternity in hell. The Bible says, you know, you live in a holy life is not hard. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. My, he, he said, I sent my son to the cross for you. Now, give yourself to me wholeheartedly. And truly, that's where your peace and joy is at anyways. Wow. Luke 9. Go to Luke chapter 9. You know, sometimes you just have one of those Sundays where you just keep plowing through. There's a lot of muck, there's a lot of manure in there, but you just got to keep plowing through, you know what? I'm telling you what. Today is one of those days. Hallelujah, but the Word of God's the Word of God anyways. Amen? Don't matter how we feel, the Word of God is, has power to change lives. Luke 9, 57 through 62. Said, now it happened as they journeyed on the road. That someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit or in shape for the kingdom of God. That, that always interests me, that, that, that uh, passage. Listen, where are the Christians that don't look back and, and they keep their hands on the plow and keep moving forward with God. How many times have you heard a Christian say, you know, they get frustrated. They start blaming God for things in their life. I mean, it's just simple immature, immaturity, really. They start blaming God. Oh, it was just better before I was saved. I'll tell you, that's an ignoramus statement right there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that is just stupid. Well, what, you want to just go on back and then have a, a spot reserved for you in hell? Okay, go ahead. It's up to you. Amen? But listen, we, we, we got to stop looking back. Pe people are always looking back even on their fa past uh, failures. It's like, move forward. Move forward. God forgot that thing the moment you confessed it. Move forward. Man. Now listen. Part of that commitment thing to God means to get and stay connected to fellow believers in a local church. Listen. Get involved and use all of your gifts and talents for the glory of God. I want to show you something here. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. You know, for some in the, in the body of Christ, uh, the word church or local church has become a dirty word. And that's absolutely asinine. You, you, know, you come against the local church, you're coming against Jesus Christ himself. 
It's not man's plan. It's God's plan. Amen? This is absolutely ridiculous. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Look, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Isn't that interesting? It even happened back in the Bible days. People were given, saying, oh, this is ridiculous. Listen. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching, meaning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to this passage, we are to assemble as believers, as Christians, we are to assemble together. Why? To stir each other up to love and to do good works to impact the world. Now, for the Christian, it's a place, come on, it's a place to get equipped for the work of the ministry. There's just, there's something, oh yeah, but I just stay home and just watch it on TV all the time. Listen to me. Yeah, that's great. We have Christian television, but it, it does not take the place of a local church. There's, uh, how many of you know, there's something about being in a place, gathered together. There, there's an anointing flowing. There's just a difference. It's something you won't get by sitting in your fat pants in front of the TV. Are you hearing me? You just won't get it. There's something special when believers come together in unity. Many people have a problem with the local church concept. And you know what it is? It's a commitment problem. It is that plain and simple. You hear someone complain about a local church, it's a commitment problem. They're too lazy to get committed. And they don't want, come on, spiritual accountability. Nobody wants accountability anymore. Nobody. Hardly. And many of those people who come against the local church, many of those people have been emotionally wounded in a church setting. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And because of that wounding from a pastor, from a, a, another person, they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Are you hearing me? But you know what gets me is these same people will meet in the homes for a church service. It's like, what's the difference? All it is is believers meeting. Are you hearing me? Now, th think about this. I got news for you. That person who has a problem with coming into a, I, I, what is it, a problem with ha a church having their own building? I mean, how stupid is that? Listen to me. I got news for that individual that has a problem with the local church or who's been wounded. That person, they're going to take that wound wherever they go. And it don't matter. Yeah, if you're sitting in a home church, guess what? Hang around people long enough, you'll get offended. I promise you. Hey, if you're looking for a perfect church, if you're looking for a perfect uh, fellowship of believers, guess what? You're not going to find it. You will not find it. I guarantee you that. So these people have a problem with all this. All they're doing is going around causing strife. And really, they're an enemy of Christ. They're an enemy of Christ. Bad talk in the local church. And, uh, all, all a church is, 
Yeah, we have a nice, we have a building. Big deal. But we are the church. We are the church. I'm telling you, it's just, you know, if it wasn't so pathetic, it'd be comical. Seeing these people going around, they just, they take all their wounds everywhere. Can't say two words without someone getting offended. And it stems from wounds way back. And it just, and, and everything just begins to pile up, begins to build. They go somewhere. Everything's great for a week. Are you hearing me? Until some perfect person becomes unperfect, says something that rubbed them the wrong way, they're gone. It's going to follow them. It's just going to follow them. Amen? Hey, and you know, listen, those people, those people who have a problem with local church, you'll notice they're the ones who get whacked out on weird doctrine. They go in the ditch spiritually. Why? No accountability. No accountability. You see, God desires his people to have godly accountability with each other. He does. By the way, listen, I'm not against a church that meets in a home if it has the proper leadership. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to home church if there's a person who's really called to pastor people. See, it's when someone, they, they just start this home church and someone's not even called to pastor and, and things end up going south and people end up getting hurt even more. That's what I'm against. Are you hearing me? I'm not against a, a, a group of believers meeting in a home. All right? So, so don't, don't pull that card that I'm against home church, okay? But I am against a place where it's a home church. No one's called to lead the thing, and it's total dis... It's, it's, it's out of order. No one's getting spiritually fed at all. And all it's become is an excuse to avoid spiritual accountability in a real local fellowship. Are you hearing me? Someone needs to hear that. All right. But Proverbs 23. Go there. Proverbs 23. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. God is on the throne. Amen. I'm talking about commitment. God is looking for Christians who are committed. And the local church fits into that. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen? All right. Proverbs 23, 26. says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. God desires your heart. He desires my heart. Get, let's give him our heart. Let's give him everything that we have. Let's give him our emotions. Let's give him everything that we have. You all, I'm saved. Haven't I already done that? No, not necessarily. Are you hearing me? Because I'm talking about 100% commitment. 100% commitment. Just because you said a sinner's prayer 10 years ago doesn't mean that you've given your heart completely to him. See, when God has our heart, we become nothing more than a sail or a vessel in the wind of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Ghost says go, we go. 
When he says to speak something, we speak it. We're nothing but a sail in the wind of the Holy Spirit. If we're truly sold out to him. When we feel that prompting, we'll go without resistance. Because our heart is in his hand. You are faithfully committed to him. Look at Psalm 108. Psalm 108. Elizabeth, just the other day she picked up in our little book library there in our house, Joyce Meyer's book, Life Without Strife. How many of you read that before? I highly recommend it. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm convinced. Strife is one of the biggest things that hinders a church, hinders a person individually from moving forward for God. Psalm 108. There's a little rabbit trail for you. Psalm 108.1. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. See, I want to ask you this. Is your heart steadfast or fixed, unmovable? One way to determine that is how much you praise him throughout the day. Now, I didn't say complain. I said praise throughout the day. All right? Praising God throughout the day will cause you to stay spiritually minded and focused on him. How many of you ever figured that out yet? See, and it's when we stop praising him, stop thanking him for all the great things he has done. That our heart is in danger of being turned away from him to something else. Job, money, hobbies, you name it. Fill in the blank. We need to praise God. Our heart needs to be fixed on him, committed on him. Amen? Next. God is looking for a Christian. You'll like this one. That is willing to unclog the spiritual river on the inside of them. A Christian who's willing to take the dam away. That's hindering the flow of the Holy Ghost in their life. I thought you'd like it. Listen, John 7. John 7. Look at this. John 7, 37 through 38. Listen to this. On the the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, or King James says, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. Jesus gave us the key to unclogging the spiritual river of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Did you catch what it was? He said, he who believes in me, underlined it, as the scripture has said. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, to unclog the spiritual river, we must believe on Jesus as Scripture has said. We must get rid of all tradition of man, every unscriptural belief we're holding on to, come on, and believe the whole word of God. Stop rejecting truths in the Bible that you're not comfortable with. Stop rejecting truths in the Word of God that your parents or other family members reject. I hear it all the time. Well, I wasn't raised that well that way. How many of you heard that before? Well, get a life, break free from mommy and daddy's church, and get with the Word of God. Are you hearing me? 
break free. Say break free. I'm so tired of hearing that excuse. I wasn't raised that way. Can you imagine someone, you know, on judgment day is going up to God and, and God says, you know, why, you know, why did you reject all this truth? You could have done so much more for me on this earth. And they said, well, you know, mom and dad went to this church all their life, God. And I, no, pretty, pretty foolish, isn't it? It's time. God is looking for Christians who are willing to unclog the spiritual river that's on the inside of them. I love slaying sacred cows. I absolutely love it. Believe all of God's word. Believe on Jesus as the scripture has said. Believe. Come on. Just be radical enough to believe that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. Somebody didn't hear me. All right. Next. God is looking for a Christian that will have his kind of faith. The God kind of faith. Go to Mark eleven twenty-two. Come on now. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Just reading that on the surface, you just skim right over it. But the, the, in the original Greek, that literally says, have the God kind of faith. Jesus was saying, have the God kind of faith. All right. Verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The God kind of faith simply means this, believing with the heart and speaking it with the mouth. I'm, it's time for Christians to stop being silent about their faith. Release your faith. Boldly and confidently release, speak the word of God. Because that is the kind of faith that gets results. And that God is looking. I said he's looking for Christians who are going to have the God kind of faith. Amen. See, because that, uh, is there any kind of faith? Any other kind of faith? Come on. The Word of God, I'm telling you, the, uh, the God kind of faith is what will produce results and advance the kingdom of God. That's the only thing. Think about it. You, can, you really can't do much. You can't do much of the work of the gospel without verbalizing it. Have you... Notice that at all? Come on. Prayer. Casting out demons. Sharing the gospel. Preaching the gospel. You can't do much for God's kingdom without verbalizing it. You can't do it. And so, why is God so interested in looking for Christians who are going to have His kind of faith? Because they're the only ones who are going to have results for His kingdom. Amen? All right. Next, God is looking for a Christian that will stand in the gap with prayer for their city, 
country, family, and the lost. Look at Ezekiel 22. I got to point this out to you because this is an incredible scripture here. Well, you know, God will just do anything he wants any old time. Oh, really? Let's look at that in light of this scripture. Ezekiel 22, 29 through 31. You ever hear someone say that? Oh, whatever he wants to, he'll just do it. We don't have a part to play in the matter. That's foolishness. That's laziness in, in the 10th degree. Are you hearing me? Listen to this. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. This is God. Listen. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. See, listen, this is, the, this is the truth of the matter right here. Your prayer, your one prayer could be the very one that could cause judgment from being turned away from a person or situation. Just one. The word of God is very clear that some things may not come to pass without you praying for that thing. And some things could be avoided by saying a simple prayer. Listen, I, that, you know, when I read, every time I read that scripture, I, I can't help but think how many things have we, how many things have we endured or missed out on in life up to this point due to a lack of prayer. That, I mean, that's a pretty depressing and regretful thought, is it not? How many things have we just passed up because of our laziness? And we'd rather just turn the TV on. Pick up the newspaper, read that liberal pioneer. That's no good for nothing, for firewood. Uh, did I just say that? Yeah, I did. Listen. <laughs> Amen? All right. Go to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Hey, everyone's entitled to an opinion, right? All right. Freedom of speech. Matthew 9. All right, let's see, Matthew 9, 37 through 38. Uh, it says this, Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Listen what Jesus was saying. This verse implies that the lack of prayers for the lost could negatively affect how many people get saved and vice versa. Oh, but God will do whatever he wants any old time. Well, according to Jesus, that's not the fact. That's not the truth. Your prayer could be the very one that sends a Christian into the path of a person and they get saved. Could be the, so don't give up praying for that family member. Oh, trust me, I know how frustrating that is. But don't stop. I mean, you hear it all the time. You hear testimonies. Oh, man, I, 
I prayed for 15, 20 years for, for my mom, my dad, my aunt, uncle, whoever, and they finally got saved. 15, 20 years, huh? Wow. You know what that's called? Commitment. You know what that's called? Love. Loving someone enough to want to see them saved so bad that you put Jesus' command into action here by praying for laborers to be sent into their path. Almost done. Next, God is looking for a Christian that will demonstrate his power on this earth. Acts 1.8, go there with me. He's looking for Christians who will demonstrate his power on this earth. Jesus said this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The purpose of the baptism and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, it was so important to uh, it, it, it was so important to Jesus for his followers to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit baptism that Jesus told his followers to wait, don't even go out and minister. Until you receive the promised Holy Spirit. Think about that. Don't even do it. Jesus said, don't even go anywhere. Yeah, but Jesus, we could at least go tell 10 people uh, before the the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost. We can at least go tell as many people as we can. And Jesus said, shut your mouth. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, friends, how much more do we today? 2,000 years later, need the Holy Ghost in this filthy society in which we live. Think about it. Bunch of trash out in this area here. Uh, Amen? If we are going to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, we need the Holy Spirit baptism. Stop rejecting it. Yeah, but you know what? I grew up in a church that never taught that. Break free and be radical enough to believe the word of the living God. Amen? And so now i got to say this about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Contrary to unscriptural beliefs, that experience, the Holy Spirit baptism, you do not have to wait for it. You don't have to tarry for the Holy Spirit baptism. He is available to you right now. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, he's, he, it's an act of faith. Just like you got saved, you... you You made Jesus Lord, you believed in your heart, you asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Same with the Holy Spirit baptism. You don't have to sit here and and say, you know, try to work it all up. No, you simply believe in your heart that this is a biblical experience. You're convinced. And you say, Holy Spirit, baptize me. Immerse me. Give him the invitation. That's all the Holy Spirit is waiting for. That's it. It doesn't have to be some sideshow thing. Are you hearing me? It's all, everything in the Christian life is by faith. It's by faith. So anyone who says, yeah, I've been waiting for the Holy Spirit for for such and such. No, he's available now. Right now. Just believe. Say believe. Believe. All right, John 14. John 14. 
I, I know the devil would love for you to, to, to sit in a closet and wait for two years before you do anything. But I'm telling you, <laughs> the Holy Ghost is available right now. And that's what the devil's blinding people from that truth of the baptism and the Holy Ghost. Amen? John 14, 12 through 14 says this. Jesus said this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, this is not just a suggestion by Jesus to his followers. This is a description, come on, of a normal Christian. Oh, okay, you didn't hear me. Let me say it again. Um, doing the works of Jesus. Doing greater works than Jesus. He put it that way, not Pastor James. This is a description of a normal Christian. See, we've got in our mind that normal things are in the Christian life. Well, you know, they're not even scriptural. We, oh, oh, well, it's normal just to kind of be reserved in church. Who said? Who made that? The Bible says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands up to him and give him praise and glory. Are you hearing me? So, so much of the body of Christ has made things the normal things of Christianity. In God's eyes, God's saying, that's not normal. This is normal. Doing the works of the Lord Jesus. Going out laying hands on the sick, watching them recover. Going out preaching the gospel. Going out casting out demons. Why are people, why are Christians, the Christians who cast out demons, they're looked at as freaks. Weird. Why? Because there's a nasty rumor that that's not normal for Christians. I got news for you, folks. It is normal, and it's right in this book right here. Are you hearing me? See, Jesus wants us to put 1 Corinthians 14.1 into action. He says, pursue love and, underline it, desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Spiritual gifts. Some people think that spiritual gifts aren't for today. Well, they ended with the last apostle, you know. When the last apostle dropped dead, boy, those gifts just cease. And uh, everything's perfect now. <laughs> now. So now, in many circles of Christianity, it's weird when people start to prophesy in a church setting. It's weird if someone gets a word of knowledge. It's weird... When a miracle happens, when people, this is to be normal Christianity. See, it's scriptural. You know, some people say, well, you know, don't, don't go after, you know, spiritual gifts. Don't desire them. Uh, my Bible tells me to pursue love. And if I'm pursuing love, I can desire spiritual gifts. That should be normal for a Christian. And if you're not doing it, you're not normal. I know that sounds harsh, but you know, you feel my heart on this. I'm saying, I, 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 I just feel such a mandate from the Holy Ghost in, in, in my ministry in particular, and I'm sure others do too. But to bring things that have been lost from the Word here that are, are to be normal, bring it back and make it normal. 
That's why when you hear me give an invitation for the Holy Spirit baptism, many times I'll say, this isn't a Pentecostal experience. This isn't a charismatic experience. This is a Bible experience. See? We got to bring things. We got to see things the way that God sees them. And so we need to desire to operate in spiritual gifts if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right? Because the whole point of spiritual gifts, by the way, is to edify, build up the body of Christ, the church. It's for the profit of the body of Christ. That's a good thing. Amen? But the problem is, when someone's not pursuing love, they can do a whole lot of damage in the church. Are you hearing me? But we need to carry on with the work that Jesus started over 2,000 years ago. And that's the only way. God wants us to demonstrate his power because really that is going to change lives. When we demonstrate his power. When we set people free from Satan's grip. Are you hearing me? And last of all, God is looking for a Christian that desires to be sent into the harvest. Last scripture, very short. Hang in there. Isaiah 6, verse 8. Who has the heart of Isaiah the prophet? Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? By the way, us? Talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. For you uh, Jesus only people. Um, then, Then I said, Here am I, send me. My question is to you, is that you? If not, will you be one of those that will say to God, Here I am, God, send me. God is looking for that kind of a person. Willingness, commitment. God is looking for Christians that are sold out to Him. That's the summary of this whole message. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. We made it, people. We made it. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You're on the outside looking in. And the only thing that awaits you on the other side after this life without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is hell and the lake of fire. And one way to receive an eternal pardon is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. Let's just do it today. Today is the day of salvation. Why does the word say that? Because you might not have tomorrow. If you have breath in your lungs, you, you best be thanking God that you still have an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. Now maybe there's someone in here you said the sinner's prayer a long time ago, but you don't have any assurance of your salvation. And today, you want to rededicate. If you want to rededicate, come forward. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, and you want to qualify for spiritual gifts to be used by God in a greater way than you can ever think or dream of, I want you to come forward today. If you need prayer for healing, I want to pray for you. I want you to come forward, physical, emotional. you need prayer for anything, come on up here. The rest of you, worship the Lord and determine to commit yourself wholeheartedly. I want you to think of those things. 
that are hindering you? What is it? What is it? Money? What is it? Job? What, what, what have you made an idol in your life? What is it? Ministry? What is it? Put it under the blood of Jesus today. Put Jesus first. Amen. Betty is watching us online right now, and her husband Terry has been sick in bed for four weeks, so we're going to pray for Terry right now. Stretch your hand toward that camera right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose your healing power upon Terry right now. I command every organ to be healed and function properly in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Be strengthened. I command every spirit of infirmity to come out of your body in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, do it. Let your power flow through every part of his body in Jesus' name. Also, praise God, Bruce. Bruce, our brother Bruce who comes here. He's uh, down in in, um, Illinois getting cancer treatment right now. You all know Bruce, right? He's watching on the internet. Stretch your hands toward our brother Bruce. Bruce, we love you. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we loose the power of God through your body. And I command every cancer cell to die and dissolve in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And we loose life into that body. Lord, right now, Lord, let your Holy Ghost fall on him in a greater way than ever before. And we thank you for the praise report that's coming forth. Strengthen him. Strengthen his family. Lord, those tears of sorrow that have come forth, I pray they'd be turned to tears of joy with the praise report that's coming forth. And that Bruce and his family would touch multitudes. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. So Satan, you loose Bruce. Now, in Jesus' mighty name. Right now. Bruce, be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. Someone else is watching. And wants to be anonymous but her son Paul has been suicidal I'll tell you right now suicide is a demonic spirit spirit of suicide that's what it is and right now in the name of Jesus mom whoever it is we come in agreement with you for your son Paul right now and I command the spirit the demon of suicide depression anxiety to come out of Paul in the name of Jesus right now And I plead the blood of Jesus over Paul right now. And Lord God, I pray that you would reveal your life to him. Send those laborers. Send those laborers into Paul's life, Lord God, that his life would be turned around. Turn around like never before, and you would use him for your glory. And Lord, strengthen this mom. Strengthen the family and give them wisdom, Lord. Let your love flow through them to him in Jesus' mighty name. Worship the Lord as the music plays, God. So flood every chamber of my heart. Flood what I lack with all you are. I am dry and I am parched and I'm calling for a flood.
up here. Who needs prayer? Come on up. There's an anointing flowing up here, powerful. 
Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. See, that's just like God. That's just like God just at the last part, you know. You, you just plow through and then at the last part there's like a refreshing. See, there's a reward in being faithful. Amen. There's a reward in being faithful. All right, you on the internet before you leave us here. Uh, I'm going to be in Lansing Sunday, September 21st at 7 p.m. at the Holiday Inn South Convention Center. And I'm going to be in Imlay City for a healing and miracle service uh, Friday, October 17th. Go to jamesbrandt.org. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. All right. Now, we got some announcements here. Spaghetti dinner uh, for the Kingdom Kids. They're raising funds for David Beams, Guatemala. Uh, he's our missionary to Guatemala. We support. And he's building houses for the poor people. And they're try the Kingdom Kids here at our church are trying to raise funds to build houses. So that spaghetti dinner will be Sunday, September 28th from 5 to 7. And uh, it's a great cause, so make sure you show up. Amen? Also, media team volunteers. We need volunteers for the media department. Uh, Chris, raise your hand. That's the guy right there if you're interested. The media department here at RCC is key. I mean, this has been one of the areas that God has really been exploding, and we're making waves. So if you want to be part of that, we sure could use you back there. Um, also, nursery volunteers are needed, all right? And there's applications in the lobby. If you have any questions about that, see Elizabeth. Elizabeth. There she is out there in the lobby. All right. And also, uh, no, there will be no men's meeting until further notice. We've been having so many things going on. Derek and Dakota are getting married this Saturday, and it's just really busy. So uh, no men's meeting this month until we let you guys know. All right. Derek, come on up here. Derek just has something quick, a quick testimony he said he wanted to share. And we always encourage that. Amen? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. We're in uh, Grand Rapids trying to find a place and that. And I went to a family Christian store and, you know, applied for a job to pick up extra hours, you know. And uh, right now, the World Visions, they, um, it's a program to give money to children across the world for, so they can hear the Word of God and give them vaccination shots and, and all sorts of stuff and uh, so they don't have to clean water and all that, and I watched at least 10 people say, no, 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 I don't want to give to that, I don't want to give to that, and I thought, if I can't give, like, you know, I don't make that much money, but it's $30 a month, and I said, if I can't take less, you know, for, like, pop and, and video games and movie rentals, you know, them, kids in Africa, they wish they even had a taste of what I get, mm. and I said, yeah, I would like to do that, and... And I picked out a young girl, and I hope what I did was would be good for her. And um, she's in Africa, and and um, I, I'm sponsoring her. And uh, Dakota comes in, and she's like, "Honey, you locked the keys in the car." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you know, well, okay." And the guy, the manager, is there, like, "What are you? What are you gonna do?" And I said, "Well, I'm just gonna pray. I'm gonna trust God." <laughs> and he said, "That's a, that's a very that's a very." You're not going to try to do anything on your own? I'm like, no, I'm just going to pray. You know, he'll do it. I got to be working. I got to be to work in 25 minutes. I was like, it's all right. I'm just going to trust him. Two minutes later, I go out to the car. This lady pulls up, and she said, what's, what's going on? And I said, I locked my keys in the car. And she said, you know what? Let me call my AAA, and mm. we'll, we'll take care of this. 
So wow. I saved at least a hundred dollars there. Wow. And wow, uh praise God. All I did That's was pray. Awesome. And uh, the manager comes out to me and he says, You know what, bud, you showed me so many different things in the last half an hour, I don't even know what to say. I've been slipping on my faith. Wow. And I did not wow. believe when you said I'll pray to God that that could happen. And within five minutes, you're out of here and you're going to work on time. Hallelujah. And that's, I said, awesome. that's all. Praise God. Awesome, man. This guy, this guy has a tender heart. And their wedding is at what? Two o'clock Saturday, right? Two o'clock Saturday right here and everyone's invited, right? So come on out and support Derek and Dakota. They're, they're a great couple. You can see tender heart for the Lord. Also, how many of you in here need buns? <laughs> wow. Hey, I, I just got, Elizabeth said, hey, just announced that we have some extra buns if you want some. Where, I don't, where are they at? Elizabeth. Oasis. Oh, they're in the Oasis. All right. All right, everyone. Visitors, thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. God bless you.